Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I want you to take your pen, and I want you to circle, underline, highlight, Sons of the world and sons of light. Mm? Because these are two groups living according to two separate sets of rules. Jesus is drawing a contrast between the sons of the world, unbelievers, and the sons of light, believers. Jesus is making the point. Here it is, guys. Unbelievers are wiser in the things of this world, more wise than believers concerning the things of the world to come. Once the unjust steward knew he was about to be put out, he plotted, planned, schemed to collect some cash and make some friends who would be obligated to return the favor later once he lost his job. So let's be clear. The dishonesty, the self-interest of the steward is not being commended. What is being commended is the steward is looking into the future. And he's taking opportunity he has now to make wise plans for the future. So what we have here, we have a fool who is wiser than the wise. Now watch this in verse 9. And I say to you, look at verse 9. Don't look at me, look at verse 9. And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting, eternal home. So Jesus is saying to the believers, be generous with your money in this life, so that in the life to come, their, their, their new friends will receive them. This sounds like, it's going to tie together right here. This sounds like the Sermon on the Mount. As Jesus is talking to his disciples, don't you remember, as Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, Jesus said in Matthew 6, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. I have the slide, please. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal But lay up for yourselves treasures where, saints, in heaven, where neither moss nor rust destroy, where thieves, what? Do not break in the seal for where, come on, y'all, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This verse right here is telling you to be mindful of the future. You see that connection? Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven 
where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves cannot break in and steal. You see, the way you handle your money, watch this. People don't ever make this connection, but it's true. Few people connect their spiritual life to their bank account. If you're still listening to me, say I'm listening. Thank you. Few people connect their spiritual walk to their bank account. Few. The way you handle your money, biblically, is connected to your heart. Show me your bank statement, and I will tell you exactly where your heart is. That's really simple. Your heart is wherever you put your time. I need everybody in the room to listen to me today and everybody at home to listen to me today. Wherever you put your time and wherever you put your money, that is where your heart is. Pastor Rodney didn't say that. The Bible says that and Jesus says that. Calvary Chapel, say amen. For some, your heart is in your home. Check your bank account. A list, Home Depot. <laughs> Lowe's. Garden Shack. Okay, there's no Garden Shack. I just made that up. I just made that up. But it's, it's, it's coming. If you open Garden Shack, I want my cut, okay? Because I made that up, all right? Don't, don't, all right, I want my peace. All right? If your heart is in travel, some folks, their heart is in travel. They like nice travel. They like nice accommodations. Look at the bank account, travel, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, fine. That's where your heart is. Sports, wherever. Recreation, nice restaurants. Some people like to go to nice restaurants. Then there's nothing wrong with those things. Don't, are y'all following what I'm saying? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. I'm saying that if that is all that we see there, that is indicative that that's where your heart is. That's all I'm saying. Time and money reveal what is important to you. You say, I love my kids, but you don't spend time with them. Well, you don't love them that much. You say you love being in shape, but you don't exercise. Well, you don't really love being in shape. I didn't think you were going to say amen on that one, huh? You say you love Jesus. But you don't spend that much time with them. Well, you don't love them that much. You don't love them as much as you think you do. Say out your amen. You don't spend time with anything that you say you love. Well, you don't love it that much. Jesus said that if you love me, then you'll keep my commandments. In order to keep his commandments, you got to spend time with him to know what they are. You can't know what they are by reverse osmosis, people. You're not going to take this book and put it under your pillow and go to sleep and wake up and know what he said. You got to open the book. And you got to read it. And you got to write the words upon the tables of your heart that you're sitting out against him. You got to put some action to it. So if you love him, then you got to spend time with him. And I want you to note this here. Let me have my verse in in Matthew 6. 
Again, notice for where, watch, look, look, look at the last line. Look at the last line. Come on, read it with me. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice it doesn't say where your heart is, your treasure will be also. No, it doesn't say that. He says where you put your treasure, that's where your heart is going. You see that? So your heart goes where your money goes. And that explains why people don't give to the church. Because their hearts aren't bent toward kingdom things. You already know. He said it's tight, but it's right. I should have said it, but he already said it. I'm going to just repeat it. Because it's true. People don't give because their heart's not here. And I'm not even talking about here. I could keep you here because I spent a very good length of time reading statistics because I love statistics, actually. I try not to bore y'all with them because I think most people don't like statistics. I love statistics. And I could keep you here all afternoon reading you statistics about church. Who gives and who doesn't give, the age groups of who gives and who doesn't gives and the percentages. People like to give nowadays, and Pastor Lance, you'd be interested to know people like to, nowadays people give a higher percentage. I think it's like something like 78% of people now like to give online and social media. I'm not social media, but uh, electronically, like texting and all that kind of stuff. I'll share it with you because you like that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going. So if you're not Giving to the church, you at home, you, you may not even live in North Carolina, whatever state you live in. We have people that watch our teachings from all around the country, wherever you live. If you're not giving to your church, I probably, you're probably, your heart's probably not quite there. Because if your heart's there, you're definitely going to give there. Because that's where your heart is, right? And it's easy not to give. When your heart's not there, your treasure's not there. So your heart's not following. Did you know, listen to this, only 20% of church members, here's a statistic, only 20% of church members actually give to the church. 20%. So in this room right now, only 20% of you will walk out of here and give to the church. Only 20%. Interesting. And God never intended, Mr. Salman, Let me get my mic here and bring me up a bit. I need to get my mic here. God never intended his church to be funded by bingo. (laughs) Young people, y'all know what bingo is? Okay, I don't even know if y'all even know what bingo is. Y'all know what bingo is? Okay. God never intended his church to be funded by chicken dinners. Say amen. Or even the government. God expects his people to support the church. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. God wants the church to fund the church, right? It's the responsibility of the people of God. Now, when we talk about money, let's get clear. When we talk about money, we talk about giving. We're not talking about, and I'm not talking about, a certain set dollar amount. That's not what I'm talking about today. 
First Corinthians chapter 16, Paul writing to the church at Corinth, he says in verse 2, On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. So Paul writing to the church at Corinth, he says that the people, when they come to church, actually, he's saying in this context that before you come to church, you ought to establish, okay, Lord, what am I going to give when I get to church? So you settle that before you ever go to church. You know, the Catholics got something. They got, they got, they're working on something. They got something. I come from the Catholic church, but largely don't talk later. Okay, fine. And y'all, I don't know if you know, y'all know, but the Catholics, they, they, they give you a box of offering envelopes. Uh, and they said, boy, if you go to Catholic school, they, they, they give them to you and you take them home for the month. Was it for the year? I think it was for the year, if I remember correctly. For the year. And they tell you on this week, you get $5. On this week, you get $10. Anybody know what I'm talking about? On you get $10. They, they don't want to something, see. Pastor Lance, we ought to talk about that. <laughs> get them people offering an envelope. We get it all taken care of. Write that down. Write that down. We, that's the next meeting. But the point is, what Paul was saying was, you do that before you come to church. So then when you come to church, you're not sitting down by the offering box writing a check. Because I can tell you right now, if you're sitting by the offering box writing a check, I'm just a human flesh. Okay? I'm a human flesh. And when you're sitting there writing a check, and I'm walking by, look, I'm the pastor. I love Jesus. But if you're sitting there writing a check, I can't help but look over. you writing a check. I can't. Praise the Lord. You write the check. I'm like. Hmm. You ought to add one more zero, bro. Y'all know. Y'all would do it too. Y'all just trying to be holy because you in church. You don't need to be doing all that. How about do that at home, and then when you come in, you don't, you don't bring all this attention to yourself. You just kind of slide it in the box nice and discreetly. Nobody needs to know what you've given to the Lord. And that's what Paul was trying to get to, but here's what he's really trying to get to, the fact that when you come into the house of the Lord, that you do have a gift to offer to the Lord, that you do have something, and you have something as the Lord has prospered you. So that tells us that every single person in this room, under the sound of my voice, can give something. Now, we can't. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there. That's all right. Now, we all can't give the same thing. Everybody can't give the same thing. Some of y'all clapped. Some of you didn't. That's all right. God loves you. Forgives you. And and we all can't. We all can't give the same thing. Some of you can give $100. Some of you can give $10. Some of you can give $1,000 from that prophetic word I mentioned earlier. And then some of you can, some of you, some of you can give a dollar. I think of the Jesus in the temple. And, and he's, he's watching people give in the temple area on the temple mount. He is watching people walk by and give. And he sees the, the widow woman who gives two mites. 
And he, everybody's walking by, giving, and I'm sure they're making big fanfare. They're walking by, big check, big check, big check. Drop the money in, big check, big check. Because, you know, the Pharisees, they like attention. Big check, big check. And all of a sudden, you hear clink, clink. Clink. That was like two mites. Two mites. Somebody probably looked at her and went, two mites. Well, El Cheapo. And Jesus said, that woman gave more than all of y'all. Why? Because it wasn't about how much she gave. It was about the fact that she gave and that she gave her all and that she gave sacrificially. See, a lot of people don't give because they think, well, it's not really a lot. You don't determine what the value of your gift is. God determines the value of your gift. What you're called to do is to give as the Lord has prospered you, right? Right? Because all giving matters to Jesus. God is the judge of the worth of what you give. God determines the value of your offering. You know, I've been told that I can't afford to give, Pastor. I've been told that and I can't afford to give. Okay, so what do you do during the week? What do you do? What do you do during the week? Oh, you go to, you go to steal your buck Starbucks? <laughs> you get a Java chip frappuccino beverage latte? For $5.75, I looked that up this morning. It's $5.75, a croissant for $3.50. And Jimmy John's at lunch. I did the math. You know, that's $150 a month. That's $1,800 a year. Do you know what the kingdom of God could do with your $1,800 a year? And it's the new year, and you said you want to lose weight? <laughs> I'm just trying to help you. I'm your pastor, okay? You asked me to be your pastor and help you. I'm just trying to help you. I helped you right there, all right? I'm taking pounds off. Right? Okay, let me just get through this last two, all right? Everybody good? Say amen. Money matters. It's a tool. It's a tool. Watch how, watch how quick I get done. Money matters. It's a tool. Now, listen. One of the big ideas in the story about the shady steward, the steward is just a manager. He's not the owner, right? The manager was managing the owner's stuff. The owner and stewardship, watch this, ownership and stewardship, and we're going to talk more about this in the coming weeks. Ownership and stewardship are two different things. Ownership, that's God's part. Remember Psalm 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, right? That's ownership. In other words, God owns it all. Somebody say amen. Stewardship is our part. We are managers of everything that God has given to us, which is probably the most important thing that I can tell you. God owns everything. Where the saints at? Your money, your car, your house, your breath, your health, your life. You got up this morning, somebody say amen, and it is all God every day. Everything is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's. God is the owner of everything, and we have to learn to manage what belongs to him. Money is a tool And can do a lot of good, but it makes a lousy God, small g. And then finally, number four, money matters. It's a danger. It's a danger. I said money is a tool, 
Some tools are good. Some tools not so good. Power tools, quite honestly, in my hands, not so good. Don't get, you don't want to be nowhere near a power tool and me. I got stories I'll tell you later, all right? Money can be like a power tool and dangerous in the wrong hands. Look at verse 13. Jesus said, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, here's the danger. The danger is thinking you can serve both God and mammon. Mammon, what's that, pastor? It speaks of materialism, wealth, and money. You can't live for both God and money. Something or someone has to be at the top of your values pyramid. Something or someone has to be the most important. You can't worship both God and money. And it isn't a matter of choice. It's a matter of possibility. Somebody once said that money is a great servant and a cruel master. If God is your master, then money will be your servant. If money is your master, then you will be a slave to money. And here's the problem, guys. We're spending our money and living our lives as if there's no, as, as if there, there, there's no tomorrow. I'm coming in. As if there's no, as if there's no tomorrow. We're, we're living as if there's no heaven. I'm talking to the Christians. We're living as if there's no, no home in heaven for us. We're living on this earth like this is it. Question. Do you believe that this is the final stop for us Christians? Do you believe, do you really believe that there is a place called heaven for us? Do you really believe that when we leave this earth that we're going to stand before Jesus and all that we've done will be tested in the fire? And the purifying fire of God will burn up everything that was not of him and will be rewarded with what remains. Do you believe that? Hmm? We'll be rewarded for the stewardship of how we handled what God gave us and entrusted to us and how we invested what God gave us into the kingdom. God blesses us in this life. To make a difference in the lives of other people. And he gives us what he gives us so that we can store it up, send, send it up into heaven. Y'all pick it up what I'm putting down. And I believe that when we give and we invest in eternal things, when we get to heaven, listen, I'm coming in for a landing. When we get to heaven, we, we're going we're gonna to see people there. And somebody's going to walk up to you there and they're going to say, thank you for giving. Because of your gifts, I got saved. Because of your offerings, the church was able to keep the lights on and have a service. So the altar call and I gave my life to Jesus. It's that simple. And I got saved. And I became a pastor. And pastors got saved. And they went out and talked about Jesus. And people got saved. You see how that works? Because of your gifts. We lost our job and we came to the church and the church was able to help us with the rent because COVID, because of your gifts, 
there was people available on staff or ministry that were able to help us and pray with us when we needed it. Because of your gifts, we could get our kids to children's church and they got goldfish and crayons. Do you have any idea what goldfish and crayons are to children? Children have to have goldfish at children's church. This is the fact. Y'all say amen. You got to have goldfish. You're not a real children's church without goldfish. You're evil without goldfish. <laughs> the little goldfish cracker things, y'all know what I'm talking about, not the real ones. Some of y'all looking like, what does fish and goldfish have to do with children's church? You see, I'm going to leave you with a few thoughts and a few questions. Let me ask you, what are you living for? What are you working for? You got to ask yourself this. What are you investing in? And what will you have to show for it in the end? Folks, friends, don't be afraid to give. Give to ministries that you know are making a difference for the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. And I don't understand why we can't get it through our thick Christian heads. Only one life will soon be passed, but only what you do for Christ will last. Your vacations, they won't last. Your house won't last. You know, it's called... It's called the law of thermodynamics. It just means stuff getting old. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.